Good day. I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the Climate Report. Before we begin, I want to alert regular listeners that starting next month, the Climate Report will switch our broadcasting time each month to the first and third Tuesday, here on KVMR, still at 6.30 p.m. So the next show will be in two weeks, on Tuesday, November 7th, which you won't want to miss because it will feature an interview with the Executive Director of Pioneer Community Energy. That's the new community choice aggregation provider serving residents of Nevada City and Grass Valley beginning next year. That's Tuesday, November 7th at 6.30 p.m. right here on KVMR-FM. On today's show, we're going to highlight a batch of EV-related news, electric vehicles, along with a handful of headlines if we have time. Now, to recap some of the things that we've talked about in the past when it comes to electric vehicles, because there are a lot of myths based on truths, mooths or triths or however you want to say it. And um, we've brought a lot of these to light here based on whatever the latest research is to keep folks informed. For example, um, one of those uh, mooths is that electric vehicles are too expensive, um, that uh, they're out of reach for the, the average person. And the truth part of that is that the average electric vehicle is indeed a high price because Tesla is still the one guarding most of the market share, and they tend to be a premium vehicle. So it's not untrue to say that the average price of an electric vehicle seems fairly expensive. But what's also true, and we've talked about this in past shows, is that when you look at model per model and type for type, meaning pickup to pickup, coupe to coupe, sedan to sedan, SUV to SUV, luxury to luxury, economy to economy, generally speaking, electric models versus gas models are about $10,000 more expensive. And that's what the research was showing when we brought this to the airwaves last year, is that whatever model gas car you're looking at, the electric version is generally about $10,000 more expensive. So in some respects, it can be misleading to present in the media what the average price of an electric vehicle being sold in the U.S. is because Tesla's market share is rapidly shrinking from 70% a couple of years ago to 60% last year to now 50%. So that average price is going to be going down. We also talked about some research that shows with a $7,500 tax credit helping bridge that price premium of $10,000, research shows that 85% of Americans don't pay cash for their vehicles, they finance them. And when you have that small of a price premium stretched out over monthly payments, it's a relatively small difference. And that's where EVs take the lead because their monthly operating costs tend to be much lower than a gas car. So you might have a slightly larger loan payment, but a much lower monthly cost, leaving you with EVs being actually cheaper for most people if you're buying a brand new car. Now, research also also shows that you, if you're trying to make a difference with the climate, that buying a new car if you don't need one isn't the best move. There are a lot of used cars on the planet that the Earth has already coughed up its guts to produce that can perform just adequately and fine for folks. But that's one of the uh, myths based on truths. It is true that EVs are going to be more expensive, but... Uh, When you look at model per model, it's about a $10,000 premium with a tax credit getting rid of most of that. Financing, making that difference negligible, 
and the monthly operating costs making it such that actually a brand new EV versus a brand new gas car, when financed with the tax credit, is actually cheaper. Another myth, a myth sort of based on truth, is that uh, that we've addressed is that EVs are uh, dirtier for the planet, that they are harder on the planet uh, to manufacture the batteries and such, and that is absolutely true. So research shows, though, that after about 12,000 to 15,000 miles of driving, depending on your source of electricity and how you drive, within a year roughly, that will be offset by the benefits of driving electricity versus fuel so that once in operation, EVs are actually cleaner. So it is true the manufacturing part is indeed harder on the environment. So if vehicles were bought to be lawn ornaments and not driven, EVs would be worse. And it's not that they're not polluting, they're just not as polluting as a gas car. So once driven, they outdo and outperform and offset um, that negative hole that they dig for their manufacture. Another myth, myth truth, uh, EVs won't run during an outage because occasionally we have outages either during winter storms or summer blackouts. And uh, while it's true that if you're connected to the grid without batteries, you can't charge your car, you can't refill your car, EVs will certainly run during an outage. And they're no different than gas cars in that respect because during an outage, gas stations won't operate either. So when there's a grid outage, electric vehicles or gas vehicles, everyone is left with whatever was in the tank when the power went out. You can't refill your gas. You can't refill your EV unless you happen to have perhaps solar and batteries at home. And uh, EVs also generally don't contribute to those summertime blackouts because EV price rates are set so that those peak hours are the most expensive. EVs tend to avoid charging during peak hours. And the newer EVs are designed to actually help keep the grid more stable when they are plugged in, being able to bring power back in. So those are some of the myths slash truths. A lot of uh, confusion and, and, and miscommunication is based on nuggets of truth in there. And if you're a regular listener to the Climate Report, you also know how important it is to mind what we say and how we say it, because it's important that we all work together on the climate solutions. Otherwise, divided, we're going to find ourselves in quite a pickle. And the psychological research of climate communication says that it's important to agree first with someone before informing them about what your belief is, about whatever the facts might be of the situation. Basically, what they're saying is when you're in communication with someone, don't immediately counter them by saying, no, that's not true. They're saying people stay open-minded if you actually agree with them first and then state something. So, for example, EVs are too expensive. Yes, it is true that they're about $10,000 more expensive on the sticker price. And because most everyone finances and the tax credit and lower operating costs, they're actually cheaper to buy and own. EVs are too dirty to manufacture. Research for climate communication says that it's more effective to say, yes, it is true that they are dirtier and harder on the environment to manufacture. However, once in operation, dot, dot, dot. Because oftentimes people that are caring about the climate will instead turn around and say, no, they're not, so on and so forth. No, they're not. And so uh, some of these EV myths are, it's important to agree and acknowledge that there are some truths in there. Um, and then be able to explain some of the details. 
And then, of course, EVs aren't going to solve this problem uh, of our climate imbalance by themselves. Matter of fact, if you're a regular listener to the Climate Report, you know that even if we got rid of all the fossil fuels, just what we're eating alone and how we're eating it would push us beyond the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold that scientists say we should mind. So oftentimes it's what we're driving into our face as much as what we're driving on the ground. However, after we've addressed a lot of those EV uh, misconceptions out there today, I wanted to bring some fresh info to you, the listener, because some records have been broken lately demonstrating the uh, power and capability of electric vehicles. So we want to talk a little bit uh, about that. And uh, if we have time, we'll also get to some headlines. But I also wanted to talk about um, an interesting historical look of electric vehicles because the first electric vehicle was uh, invented 200 years ago. And um, so there's some astonishing history. I even learned some things. And I uh, am someone that likes to pride myself on, on absorbing as much info as possible. So let's dive in. Let's talk about the transition away from very polluting cars to less polluting vehicles because multiple new EV records were recently set. And while some people like to focus on sports and athletic records or financial scorekeeping data in the stock market, we here at the Climate Report like to highlight some of the more interesting energy records that were recently broken in the realm of EVs. And it's worth noting that many of these are being broken by university students leading the way. Not necessarily giant tech companies or the billionaires. These are the youth, people in their 20s, getting together and helping create the future that they want to see. Last month, Ars Technica website had an article titled, This EV Smashed the World Record for Distance on a Single Charge. This car is 25 times more efficient than any EV on sale. They say it must be the season for student-set world records. Last month, a Swiss team of student engineers set a new world record for the fastest electric vehicle 0 to 60 mile per hour time. The fastest 0 to 60. But this story features another EV designed and also built by students, this time from the Technical University of Munich. The car, called MUC22, looks more conventional than the Swiss Speedster that just set the record for fastest 0 to 60, but it only looks a little bit more conventional. The diminutive coupe, in this case, was built for efficiency, and in a six-day test at the Munich airport, it set a new distance record on a single charge for a non-solar EV. So that's what's important as uh, people are getting scientific and nerding out on all the different records. There's a difference between how long an EV can go on a single charge that's solar-powered with some sort of photovoltaics built into the body. This is a new distance record for a non-solar EV. And uh, you'll be astonished, as I was, at how long they were able to get it to go on one charge because that's one of the concerns that the media is always talking about 200 miles 300 miles 400 mile range if you're a regular listener you know that the average american really is only driving about 40 miles per day and if you're familiar with anyone that owns an ev a lot of ev owners charge their vehicles every two to three days but this is the new record for single distance single charge 1500 and 99 miles on one charge. And 
It was with less battery capacity than many plug-in hybrids. So there are electric vehicles that are fully battery powered. Then you have plug-in hybrids that are part battery, part gas. This had less battery capacity than a plug-in hybrid. And on one charge, it went 1,600 miles. It used just 15 and a half kilowatt hours to do that. Now, to put that in perspective, that's less than what the average California home uses in one day. The average California home uses 20 kilowatt hours of electricity in a day. This car went 1,600 miles on about three-fourths of what an average home would use. Now, keep in mind, of course, with some of these records, the specs can be extreme. The technical specs of these vehicles. For one thing, the streamlined EV has a top speed, in this case, of just 26 miles per hour. Sad trombone noise. And it weighs just 374 pounds without a driver. The airflow-optimized shape has a pretty tiny frontal area. It's only 39 and a half inches tall, 47.2 inches wide. That's roughly a yardstick tall and four feet wide. Well, when the team from the uh, Technical University of Munich debuted the car last year in 2022, it featured a pair of 440-watt electric motors, two of them. But for this record run, they were able to make do with just one 400-watt motor. They said that that's 268 times less powerful than the least powerful EV on sale today. That's the Mazda MX-30. So this is almost 300 times less powerful. It just took 400 watts to go. Now, it should be noted, when it comes to these records, the record run took place in an empty hangar at Munich Airport, obviating any interference from weather. But keep in mind, the previous record stood at 999 miles, just shy of 1,000. No one had ever gone 1,000 miles on one charge. But the team of seven drivers reached that distance after just four days, and since the battery wasn't empty yet, the car just kept going. Their eventual distance broke the existing record by 60%, achieving a scarcely believable 103 miles per kilowatt hour. Now, to put that in perspective, because who does miles per kilowatt hour? Well, we will eventually. But in this case, to keep that in mind, 103 miles for one kilowatt hour? Right now, if you looked on your PG&E bill, if you're a PG&E customer, one kilowatt hour is going to cost you about 30 to 50 cents. 30 to 50 cents to be able to drive 100 miles. So that's, uh, that's how that can make sense to our brains. Over 100 miles per kilowatt hour, and a kilowatt hour costs about 30 to 50 cents. And then they translate it, though. It says, for those who think in terms of miles per gallon, it's the equivalent of traveling 3,815 miles on a single gallon of gas. What's the mileage on that vehicle? 3,800 miles to the gallon. Amazing. For context, the most efficient EVs on sale today are the Hyundai Ioniq 6 and the Lucid Air, each of which has a version that can achieve just over four miles per kilowatt hour. Those are the most efficient EVs can get just over four miles per kilowatt hour. This went over 100 miles per kilowatt hour. Now, the article says expect these numbers to be bettered, and perhaps soon. Next year, Mercedes will launch an EV that uses new powertrain technology demonstrated last year by an EV 
that drove 750 miles on a single charge, and that was done on public roads and a much larger battery. So global historical records were set last month for quickest EV from 0 to 60 and the longest drive on one charge using hyper-efficient university-led designs that feature a one-person vehicle. But let's talk about records being set by mass-produced stock EVs that are available to the public and on the roads today. Rivian may be a relative newcomer in the automotive industry, but the EV maker continues to deliver impressive feats. It was big news in the off-roading world this week that a stock Rivian pickup truck driven by two employees, women, won this year's Rebel Rally. Now, the Rebel Rally is unique. It's like the word rebel, but with bell at the end because it's for women drivers only. But this is the first time an all-electric vehicle finished first in this 1,600-mile off-road rally. What I thought was fascinating, I just wanted to mention, is the article I just mentioned, uh, touched on, mentioned how a new record was set for driving 1,600 miles on a single charge. And then here is the first time that an electric vehicle finished this 1,600-mile off-road rally. It says here, a pair of Rivian employees driving a stock R1T won this year's Rebel Rally. It's the women-only 1,600-mile off-road course where GPS navigation is forbidden. That's right. Just take that in for a minute. Imagine that you, you can't drive on any roads. You're not allowed to use actual roads, and you're not allowed to use GPS, and you have a 1,600-mile journey to take in a vehicle. Well, this is the first time in the history of the event that an all-electric vehicle won in the 4x4 class, which is the main category of the competition. With Lillian Macaruso behind the wheel of the winning Rivian and Alexandra Anderson in the co-driver's seat, the team, who were nicknamed Limestone Legends because of the limestone-colored pickup, gathered 1,395 points, or 88% of the available points. It should be noted that the car that finished in second place was a 2024 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 4XE, which is their plug-in hybrid. And then in third place, a plain old gas Ford Bronco Raptor. The Rebel Rally is said to be the longest off-road rally in the United States for men or women running across more than 1,500 miles through the Nevada and California deserts. Last year, the same team of women finished fourth out of 45 teams and scored the Rookie of the Year award. So it's safe to say that they had their sights set on winning the competition on their second attempt. And I want to say something here. Uh, I'm reading from an article that was written by a man and I changed a word there because it bothered me. Uh, This is what he said about these two women. This is how the article uh, originally was written. It said, last year the same team finished fourth out of 45 and scored the Rookie of the Year award. So it's safe to say that the girls had their sights set on winning the competition on their second attempt. I decided to change girls to women, Mr. Dinistran. 
Anyway, back to the article. Mac Russo is a special projects engineer at Rivian and last year managed to change a tire in four minutes flat with her teammate. And Anderson is a senior mechanical engineer at the California EV manufacturer. The automakers started running in the competition back in 2020 when journalist Emma Hall drove a pre-production R1T Rivian electric pickup for the first time. But this year, no fewer than four Rivian R1Ts stock entered the competition, with three of them backed by the Irvine, California-based EV maker with their own company teams, while the fourth was entered by a pair of customers. This is actually the first time a privately owned EV ran in the Rebel Rally. The customer team, made up of Mandy Brezina and Alex Gilman, finished in 11th place. Not bad. The other two company teams got 20th and 30th. So, uh, so that's pretty fascinating. And what's, what I like to hear is, uh, you know, these, uh, these women that are taking on this journey and uh, setting records, doing amazing things, changing tires in four minutes flat. And it says the Rebel Rally was created in 2015 as a women-only competition that allowed drivers to take their vehicles into the wild in an organized event where GPS and other digital navigation tools are off the table. Instead, women drivers and their navigators have to rely on compasses, paper maps, and plotters to go through the course. It's no small feat in any truck or SUV, and certainly even tougher in an EV, given the lack of Electrify America stations out in the desert. Now, the 1,500-plus-mile course crosses the Nevada and California desert, and racers must use traditional mapping methods to reach the finish, pitting drivers against the other teams and the environment in a challenge to navigate the desert to locate checkpoints with, again, no digital navigation aids whatsoever. And you might be wondering, how is an EV even then doing this? The multi-day Rebel Rally follows an unconventional format, with the teams starting every day at a set base camp venturing out into the desert in search of checkpoints that must be collected in consecutive order and then returning to the camp after the end of the day. And each checkpoint is worth a set number of points depending on the difficulty of the route and how many points a team is accruing then determines its standing. So this unique race format allows the Rebel Rally to accommodate electric vehicles by partnering with a company called Renewable Innovations who for the entire rally provided solar and hydrogen fuel cell-powered trailers that powered EV fast chargers for nightly charges. These trailers also provided, among other amenities, uh, showers for all teams. So it wasn't just generators spewing fuel in order to charge uh, these, these EVs, especially this winning one. They were actually solar and hydrogen fuel cell-powered trailers making electricity along the way that powered fast chargers that allowed them to charge every night. Now, obviously, the fossil fuel vehicles have to bring their own fuel, too, because off-roading, by definitions, means they're not hitting any gas stations along the way. They won't be available. So EV teams rightfully get to bring along their mobile solar and hydrogen trailers that then create clean electricity without having to run fossil fuel generators. An interesting thing, too, is they say another feature that could have helped the team win the rally is the stock Rivian R1T's different drive modes, particularly what's called the all-terrain mode and the soft sand mode. The latter one used to be exclusive in one of their premium models, but was recently added 
to uh, their regular version. So the first win at uh, Rebel Rally adds to the Rivian brand's trophy case because a few months ago, it was also recognized as the first production EV to conquer the challenging Rubicon Trail with its R1S. Now, while we're on the subject of EVs setting records and off-roading, another record was set this month. Combining the idea of how far can you go on one charge with the challenge of off-roading in a special solar-powered electric vehicle designed by, you guessed it, university students. As a solar car, solar-powered car is said to be the first in the world capable of driving off-road over long distances without recharging. And it's completed a 620-mile test drive across Morocco in the Sahara Desert. It's the two-seat Stella Terra, designed by students at the Eindhoven University of Technology. It completed the journey across a variety of challenging landscapes as part of a final test of its lightweight frame and aerodynamic profile. Now, this car runs off the energy provided by multiple solar panels on its roof, and unlike the student's car that set the record for longest drive on one charge that couldn't go more than 26 miles per hour, This one, off-roading, solar-powered, has a top speed of 90 miles per hour. It weighs less than one and a half tons and has a range of at least 440 miles on a sunny day. Now, the team manager said the technology used, complementing a lightweight frame with highly efficient solar panels, was a decade ahead of anything on the market. He said Stella Terra must withstand the harsh conditions of off-roading while remaining efficient and light enough to be powered by the sun. That's why we had to design almost everything for Stella Terra ourselves, from the suspension to the inverters for the solar panels. We are pushing the boundaries of technology. The car contains a rechargeable lithium-ion battery, which would also allow it to operate in less sunny climates but over shorter distances. Such is the level of energy provided by the solar panels on the car that it can not only drive 620 miles across the desert, but it can provide sufficient electricity for cooking and charging devices such as a phone or camera. How old are these people that put this together? Aged between 21 and 25, the 22 different students behind the car brought the project to life after taking a year off from their studies. So almost two dozen folks from 21 to 25 years old. And uh, the steering system on the olive green car failed during the week-and-a-half-long experiment in the dry and varied landscapes of North Africa from Tangier to the Sahara, but it was swiftly put right, according to the project's technical manager. The Stella Terra was found to be a third more efficient than even had been originally envisioned. And the project's finance manager said there remained further work to do before the design could go to market. The biggest challenge for designers seeking to build solar-powered cars is the limited surface area on which to locate panels. Now, before we close, keep in mind that electric vehicles are not only not something new, they were actually some of the first motorized vehicles ever made two centuries ago. And were quite prominent over a century ago as covered in an interesting photo-based article in The Guardian called Shock of the Old, the amazing infuriating history of the electric car in pictures. And to touch on it briefly, they say the history of the electric car is surprisingly engaging. Uh, the reality of what we imagine as the beginning of carhood is actually quite different. By 1900, a third of all cars on the road in the U.S. were electric. And so uh, they say they were looking at a history of a cruelly missed opportunity. 
Um, the first uh, electric car of sorts was way back in the 1830s, 200 years ago, but it was stymied by the fact there weren't rechargeable batteries yet. Um, but by the time uh, 1900 was around, electric vehicles were using quite widespread at the start of the 20th century, particularly in the U.S., electric cabs crisscrossed Manhattan. 1897's best-selling U.S. car was electric. And when he was shot in 1901, President McKinley was taken to hospital in an electric ambulance. But by the 1930s, however, the tide had definitively turned against electric, cursed by range limitations and impractical charging times while gas gained the upper hand, thanks partly and ironically to the electric starter motor. So it's a fascinating look. Um, It's something if anyone was interested in seeing the history, uh, that would be something that I would encourage folks to uh, take a look at. The Guardian, you can search for Shock of the Old, the amazing, infuriating history of the electric car in pictures. Well, that's all for today's Climate Report broadcasting and podcasting here on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org. Now every first and third Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Remember, next show, Tuesday, November 7th, we feature an interview with Pioneer Community Energy. I'm Martin Webb. As always, today's show will be archived and posted to the KVMR website's podcast page for sharing or re-listening. For questions or comments, feel free to email climatereport at kvmr.org. And specifically, before our next show on Tuesday, November 7th, feel free to send me emails saying, what questions do you have about Pioneer Community Energy? And we'll do our best to make sure that we have those answered as we start our new series every first and third Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. here on KVMR-FM. 